be, you know, you don't want to be boring and staid, and do you? No. So that's so we're not. What did you say? I've been cheeky on the front row. You can all move to the back, please. <laughs> all right. Well, my word is God's word can change your life. Sure can. That's an advert, isn't it? Sure can. Sure has. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So all of God's promises, all his word is absolutely true, and his words and the promises are forever settled in heaven. They're not going to change, and they're available to all of us. And we know that the word of God is God's filled with power. It can change our lives, absolutely change our lives. If you're in a place where you don't want to be, you need to get into the word of God. You find one of God's promises and you stick to that. You hold on to that. You confess that. I tell you, I will guarantee your life will start to change. So as believers, we should um, have God's word. Ooh, it's bright, isn't it? Not only in our hearts but also in our mouths. <laughs> so, you know, I tell you about this front row. You'll be moved to the back in a minute. I'll get brown in. <laughs> You're very naughty. <laughs> okay. So, we need the word in our heart, but we need it in our mouths. See, the word of God is not just to be in a book and put beside your bed and never opened. It's something that you need to feed on. And, and read and, and uh, speak and make it part of your life, absolutely part of your life. And, you know, the promises of God will do no good, have, do no good for us if they're shut up in the Bible and if we remain silent. And so, as I said, we need them in our hearts and we need them in the word in our mouth and be in total agreement with his promises. So when we claim his promises and start declaring those promises, God responds with a resounding yes. <laughs> All his promises are yes and amen. So um, we need to, as we're in total agreement, God will always back up his word. And we need to get them in our mouths and decree and declare what you want, what you're believing God for. See, the promises, they're for you and for me. They're not for God. They're for us, for the body of Christ to get a hold of and start walking in what God wants you to, who God wants you to be. You know, you're designed to be powerful in the earth. We shouldn't be running in from the devil. He should be running from us. Isn't that right? So... When God always responds with a, a resounding yes when we hold on to the word of God. All of his promises are yes and amen. And our response should be amen. So be it. I receive it. So there's spiritual power in the word of God. Absolutely power. And there are life-giving frequencies which can change the course of our lives. Now, everything is made up of frequencies, as you know. But God's words, they carry frequencies of healing, of peace, of justice, life, freedom, joy, hope, prosperity and abundance. All these things, all these they are frequencies that come from the word of God. 
It says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharp. Isn't that amazing? So any believer who will take the time and the effort to search out God's promises in the Bible, to get them in the hearts by meditating on them, thinking about them, speaking about them, and uh, then you start declaring them out your mouth, those promises will become effective and will start manifesting in their lives. So remember, all God's promises are yes and amen. Yes and amen. Therefore, whoever will believe and act on them. They're filled with, this is the thing, God's words, they are filled with those life-giving frequencies. And they're forever settled in heaven, forever settled. Nothing on earth can change the, God's word. Nothing the enemy can throw at you can stop God's word being effective in our lives. See, God's words, they are truth, they are life, they are power. And God is constantly, he's watching for the voice of his word to perform it. It says that in Jeremiah 1.12. His eyes are searching the whole earth, looking for someone who will believe and act on his word and voice that word. So God is not a man that he should lie. It is impossible for God to lie. He is truth. And he would never promise us something that he would not make good on that promise when we receive it by faith. See, God is the father of truth. Satan is the father of lies. Lies originated from Satan himself. And Satan is always warring against the believers. There's a war going on. He, he wants your tongue, he wants your mouth to speak and agree with him. But it's time we stopped agreeing with him and start agreeing with God. He's trying to weaken us. He wants to make us, he'll make us question God's goodness and God's promises. You know, Satan's biggest nightmare is that the body of Christ is going to be so filled with God's word and power, walking in God's love, that he won't, Satan will not stand a chance. And I know that the body of Christ is going to come to that stage. I believe it. Because God has declared it. Now, it may not mean everybody, but there will be a great number in the body of Christ are going to rise up. And they're going to live and they're going to walk and they're going to talk like Jesus Christ. And the reason, that's the reason Satan has got away with so much, with evil and wickedness in the world, because the body of Christ has not taken the word of God seriously. So we've been caught up to rise up, called to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit with God's words in our hearts and in our mouths, walking in love, speaking and declaring God's words of life and love and hope and healing, prosperity and victory. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory, victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. He gives us. He doesn't withhold it. He gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says we are, yet in all these things, no, whatever, no matter what we go through, no matter what you're facing right now, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
You know, when I face a battle, I just declare that, I, that God gives me the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have the victory over this. I am more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to take the word and use it. Just don't, don't just read the Bible and leave it there. Take, it, take the word with you in your heart. And when things are coming at your mind, just say, I refuse that. I am more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. He always causes me to prosper. He blesses me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I am blessed. I'm blessed in all that I set my hand to. Instead of going around saying, oh, nothing works out for me. Oh, so, you know, nothing works. Well, no wonder, because you say nothing works for you. <laughs> but you need to get the word in your mouth and say, God, you're, if God is for me, who can be against me? No one can be against you. God Almighty, is he's for you, who can be against you? Who can be against you, Richard? I can't understand. Anyone would be against you. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? Okay. So God, he's done his part. He's declared that we are more than conquerors. And he sent his most precious son into this earth to die for us. He's given us his word, which is filled with all of these wonderful promises of freedom and justice and deliverance, all these wonderful things. And he's watching that word to perform it. So the question is, does God want to bless his children? It's a silly Yes, it's a silly question, isn't it? I, I just wrote that there. Yes. <laughs> does he want to bless his children? Well, some people don't really think so, but he does. All his promises are yes and amen. And it has always been his plan since the um, fall of man that his children would be blessed. And uh, for 4,000 years, God spoke about a coming redeemer. In fact, 4,000 years... At the beginning of time, he spoke. When Adam fell, already he declared there was one who will come and he will bruise Satan's head. So, 4,000 years, all that word went through and it was being declared all those years and then the Redeemer came. Jesus Christ came to this earth, firstly to reveal the will of God to the people and to be a sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. It says, he who knew no sin... He was made sin for us. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that an amazing thing? I mean, would you be willing to give up your... If you had one child or even any child in your family, would you be willing to give them up to be tortured, hung on a cross, beaten, spat at, would you ever do that, you know, to say them? I don't think I could do that, but I don't have to because God did that. What a massive thing to do, isn't it? But that's how much he loves us. Thank you, Lord. So as I said, God is constantly watching how we respond to circumstances and situations in the hope that we will respond by claiming his promises and declaring them. And he wants to make that word good in our lives. Now Jesus revealed the Father, the heart of the Father to us. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If people say, well, I don't know what, you know, they think God's uh, bad or what, he's not. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, watch what I do. He went about doing good and healing all 
who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. He loved the sinners. He, he forgave the sinners. He blessed the sinners. And he, he, he never turned anyone sick away. He didn't turn anyone. Anyone who came to him for healing, he never turned them, them away. He came, he offered life, and he offered healing. And his spirit, his words, they were spirit and they were life. He forgave the prostitutes, the thieves. Anyone who would turn to him, he would forgive. He paid the price, not only for our sins, but for our sicknesses and our diseases and all forms of mental torment and financial hardship so that we can enjoy healing, freedom from oppression, abundant life, blessings upon our children our, for our peace, our joy, prosperity and abundance. He, Jesus would never turn anyone away. The Gospels actually said that. You know, they, they came to him. They, multitudes would come to him. Imagine that. That's what the church needs to be, where multitudes will start to come to the church because they know they're going to get touched by God and, and God's going to meet them at their point of need. Absolutely. Some people say, God wouldn't heal me, I'm not good enough. But that's not true. It says, all who came to him, he healed them all. It's not a matter about being good enough. It's about believing in him, putting your faith in him. See? Because it says in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely he's borne all our griefs, that means sicknesses, carried our pain, yet we esteemed him stricken of God, sm smitten, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. In verse 5 it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the punishment, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are whole. You notice he dealt with spirit, soul, body. Wounded for our transgressions, that's our sins. Bruised for our iniquities. Our chastisement for our peace, that's our soul. And by his stripes we are healed. He, he covered the whole man, spirit, soul and body. You know, that whole 53rd chapter of Isaiah is about Jesus on the cross. The whole chapter prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus ever came. And that word is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus hung on that cross. Yeah. God's words, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. That's what makes them powerful. You know, they operate because everything comes from that spirit realm and they are filled with life. They are spirit and they are, they are life. They don't age. They don't get old. They're filled with the same power today as they were when they were released out of the mouth of Jesus. And the prophets are the same. So healing belongs to the believers. And God does not teach us by putting sickness on us. That is a complete lie. I used to know people like that. They say, oh, well, God's, you know, he wants me stuck in bed. This, this is what I was told once while I was just learning about healing, they said, oh no, it's, it's not, healing's not for today, it's past. And I thought, well, that doesn't make sense. And uh, yeah, anyway, they said, oh, my mum's in bed. She's bedridden, but God wants her there because she can pray. She can pray there. Well, you can pray out of bed. 
But it's how some people have been taught and they believe. But God is the, he's not the author of sickness. Why would he want us to have something that he is not the author of? He's the author of life. He's the author of healing. He's the author of deliverance and freedom and prosperity. God doesn't want us struggling financially either. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So he wants you to prosper in all things. He doesn't want us just getting by. He wants you to have enough for yourself and to give. Isn't that what you want to do? You know, you want to be able to bless people. And then God wants us to be able to bless people. And so it's his will that we prosper financially and in every way. Satan wants us sick. He wants us oppressed. He wants us depressed and poor. But God wants us blessed, prosperous, and well. Amen? Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, Jesus was poor. No, he was not poor. Because it says in the way, you know, he had nowhere to lay his head. Well, that's when he and, his, he and his disciples were constantly out on the road, working. But you think about it. When the wise men, the, the kings of the east, came to them, the kings of the east never said three. It's all brought down to three kings came, saw him in the manger, gave him three little bit of gold, bit of this, bit of frankincense and myrrh. Nothing like that. They came with caravans. You know, the, all their camels loaded up. They were wealthy. These guys are wealthy. And they were looking for this king because they'd seen it in the, in, the, in, in the word or in prophecy somewhere they had seen there's a king. And it says that when he came to the, a house and the child was there, he wasn't a baby in a manger anymore, but they bought gold. They brought hey, gold and it just, you know, enough for him for his whole time on the earth to 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 do everything they needed to do in the ministry. It's funny how we get little well, misled ideas about things. Because I'd always seen, all I'd ever seen was Christmas cards, you know, with Jesus in the manger and three kings. But it's not true. It, that's not right. There were three kings, but they weren't there in the main, at the time in the, when he was born. He came, he says, the child was there. So, just throwing that in. Anyway, some of you probably already know that. But Jesus had no problem with, with finances because God set him up when he was really young. And God wants to set you up so you can do what you need to do. What is God calling you to do? Don't go around saying, I haven't got enough. Start declaring, I have more than enough through, through Almighty God. Father, I just thank you, you prosper me that I have a, you know, start calling things in and declare health over your body. Declare that your family are blessed. Speak the word, there's power. Every time you release the word, you're releasing life-giving frequencies that will change your life. So what, what are you saying? Just think about what you're saying. But get the word in your mouth so you can speak that out. It's the word that's got the life in it. It's got those frequencies in it, God's frequencies. And start declaring who you are. Start declaring over your family, declaring over your finances. 
You know that I've got more than enough. God Almighty, he's on my side. He wants me to prosper, and I thank you, Father, that you're prospering me. And uh, rather than saying you never have enough, or you'll never do that, or, or I'm always sick, don't say that. Let's start talking what God says about us. Jesus came for us to be healed and to prosper in every way. So that we, not so we can be greedy, but so we can be a blessing to this whole world. Isn't that what we want? Imagine if we, we could just we see people don't have a home and we could say, I've got a home for you. Wouldn't that be amazing that you had that much money? You could say, I've got homes, a home here for you. We need to think big. Because, because the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And I believe we're coming to that time where the wealth of the sinner is coming into the hands of the believer. But it's going to go in the hands of those whom God can trust. Isn't that right? It's not so we can just be all, you know, have everything we want. But God's not against that. But it's so we can bless others. All right? Am I making sense here? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're going to take God's word and declare it over our lives and over our family. And uh, if you're believing to, to, for finances, put, find his word. Search out what he says about finances and get that word in your heart so you can believe it and you can start declaring it. And if you need healing, you put healing scriptures in your heart and you start speaking over your body that, you know, that, that it's healthy, that it's well. You start speaking life to it and speak life over your children. In life, over if you've got a business, speak life and and um, over your business, that your business prospers. Thank you, Lord. Okay, because we have what we say. If you're saying I never have enough, you'll never have enough. If you you say, oh, this will never work for me, it will never work for you. So change your thinking. Listen to what you're saying. Be careful about what you're saying. Put God first in your life. Put his word first and uh, be a giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Don't sort of think, oh, I don't want to give. Be cheerful about it. I remember one time when I first, you know, when I, perhaps I was born again, I don't think I even was, but I was a fearful giver, if you like. But now I'm a cheerful giver. There's a big difference. You can be a fearful one or a cheerful one. Because, you know, I want to bless, I want to be a blessing to God, I want to be a blessing to people, and I want God to prosper me so that I can be in a place where I have more than enough to help people. Okay, so in uh, Matthew 6.38 it says, Give and it shall be given to you, good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will he pour into your life, or with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So we've got to learn to be givers, not fearful, stingy givers not withholding from God more than we should. And if we're faithful with our finances and are generous towards God, God will prosper us. He wants you to prosper. Okay. Okay, it says in Jeremiah 7.28, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God or receive correction. Truth has been cut off from their mouth. Why I'm reading that one, I want to say don't allow God's word, don't allow the truth to be cut out, cut off from your mouth. Will you stop speaking the truth? Will you 
Um, even I have not declared the word as much as I used to, and I want to come back to declaring it as much as I used to. No, we need to be declaring the word concerning situations. Just don't, don't put up with stuff. Change it. You can change it with the word of God. But we, we've just got to not be lazy. Know the word of God. Have the word of God ready to, to speak and declare out your mouth. See, if, 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 um, if the devil can stop us speaking in line with God's word, then he has us where he wants us. When truth is cut off, like the word says, we set in motion the law of sin and death. God set, it in, the mo- set in motion the law of Genesis when he created the earth. Everything is designed to bring forth seed after its own kind. Trees yield fruit, yield according to their kind. Seed produ- produces after its own kind. Every living creature after its own kind. And our words are seed. They produce after their own kind too. What you say, it's a seed. And they kick in motion spiritual laws. The law of the spirit of, li- spirit of life or the law of sin and death. So both are subject to the law of Genesis, which says seed produces after its own kind. So what laws have you set in motion? Speak life, speak love, speak healing, speak joy and peace, prosperity and abundance. I just want to, in closing, want to share a, a testimony. Some of you may know Kenneth e. Hagen. He was a he was a great man. He was one of the early sort of, if you like, um, ones of, of Word of Faith. Didn't, he didn't, wasn't called Word of Faith then, but he, he just knew. He, knew. he just had a wonderful relationship with the Lord and he knew the Word of God was so powerful in his life. And uh, anyway, he was asked to go pray for a 39-year-old man who'd suddenly got sick and was on life support. And... Uh, He's heard on the way there, the brother had rung him up to come and pray. And he was on his way there and, and God said to him, he heard him say, he won't recover for spiritual laws have been set in motion long ago and can't be reversed at this time. Um, and so Kenneth, when he arrived there, he, he pulled the brother aside and he said what, his, what the Lord had said to him. And, and his brother told Kenneth, he said, that when they were children, they were playing And his brother suddenly stopped and became all serious. And he said, I will not live to be 40. So he set in motion the law of sin and death, not even realizing what he was doing, but he did. did. So while you are alive, you can reverse those laws you've set in motion. So you're all alive here, I can see that. (laughs) Some more so than others, no. But we need to make sure we set in motion the law of the spirit of life. Sow seeds of life. Speak truth. Speak God's word. And, and speak words in line with the word of God. What you know that God would want you to say, how he'd want you to speak. Speak words of redemption and victory over sin and sickness. Words of life. Words of deliverance. Wholeness. Words of peace. Joy. Prosperity. All these things. And declare I have an abundance for every good work. So it's really important that we set in motion the law of the spirit of life, not the law of sin and death. So what I want to do in closing, uh, I want to 
First, I want to just us all to pray this. Case is somebody here that may never have declared Jesus Christ as Lord and you'd like to. So we're going to pray that. I'll lead in, us in a prayer for that. And then I'm going to, if you want to, to pray this, I'm going to lead us in a prayer to cancel every negative cursing words that we've spoken, you know, that, that law of sin and death, anything we don't want to reap a harvest for. So, and we can do things without even thinking sometimes. But every word is a seed. Every word is a seed. Okay, so how about you can stand up if you like or you can sit there, whatever you're happy with. So I'll lead us in this prayer of salvation first and uh, because it's always important. Somebody, you, you, you never know. You can be in church and perhaps have never made a declaration of faith. Okay, so let's just pray this. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me so that I can enjoy eternal life. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you that I'm now born of your spirit. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Heaven is now my eternal destination. Amen. Okay, so let's just do it. just a very short little thing. And uh, we cancel anything negative that we've been spoken or any cursing words. And I'm not talking about swear words, but of course we don't do that too either, do we? No, but um, when I say cursing words, it's words that you actually, where you're cursing yourself. Okay, so let's pray this. Father God, I repent and cancel every negative, cursing words that I have spoken, words of hate, of bitterness, failure, sickness, words of lack, poverty, hopelessness, despair, or words of death. I cancel every negative word I have spoken against myself, my family, my job, my business, and other people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There you go. Well, that's worthwhile. Now, if you would like prayer, we'll open up here for you to have prayer. Um, we do have... Cafe opens next week, is that right? Sorry? Two weeks, okay. Okay. But there's a cup of tea and coffee, you want to make some outside and just sit in the cafe, you're very welcome to do that.